family. Thank you for joining us for lesson number two in the Guarding Your Heart During the End Times series. All right. Now, we started last week talking about the heart and how important it is for us to, to guard our hearts. Now, what I want us to do, we're going to, let's see. Now, I'm, I'm going to read Proverbs 4 again, 20 to 27. We're going to start there. And then I'm going to pose a question that's going to drive the, the, the rest of our study. Okay. So let's go to Proverbs 4, verses 20 to 27. And we're again going to look at it in the Passion Translation. Proverbs 4, 20 the 27. And it reads this way. Listen carefully, my dear child, to everything that I teach you and pay attention to all that I have to say. Fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep into your spirit. Then as you unwrap my words, they will impart true life and radiant health into the very core of your being. So above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for, for from there flows the wellspring of life. Avoid dishonest speech and pretentious words. Be free from using perverse words no matter what. Set your gaze on the path before you with fixed purpose, looking straight ahead, ignoring life's distractions. Watch where you're going. Stick to the path of truth and the road will be safe and smooth before you. Don't allow yourself sidetracked for even a moment or take the detour that leads to darkness. Now, I know when we looked at this, we kind of we dug into it last week and reinforced the, the reality of how important it is for us to just have the God's word around us as much as possible so we can be saturated in what God's word says about who he is, who we are and what he has called us to do. OK, because as we know. The world around us is working 24-7 to promote the ideas of the enemy, the, the world's agenda, all that stuff. It don't stop. It doesn't stop. But now, as we were talking last week, some other things came up, and I wanted to pose this question. Okay. Now, when we talk about offenses, offenses, why is overcoming offenses so difficult why is it so difficult for us to overcome offenses because of pride oh she gave a very andrew a very andrew answer <laughs> she said pride okay all right Wait, what's... because offenses hurt okay okay, yeah. okay. Good... i was thinking that too all right pride pain is not fun because it hurt I have to add something about the pride. Remember what Andrew says? There's another Andrewism. What's in the middle? What's the letter in the middle of pride? I. 
Who had to do that? Sorry. Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. Now, Sue said hurt. Hurt. Thank you, Julie. That's You're a right. She knows I need lots of encouragement, and she's happy That's to cool. give it to me. That's cool. You guys both please. of you. Yes. Okay. Cool. All right. Anything else comes to mind? Well, that might be the idea of being want to be right. Then like come with pride because you yeah. want to be right. Yeah. All right. Want to be right. Yeah, that's that falls under the pride category. It's easier to fix something or seems to be in a controlling or rule type of way. That's probably where religion comes in. It's easier to just like make like a set of rules than to, you know, go into the heart of the matter. I was just thinking about, you know, offenses. And trying to fix it in a carnal way instead of going like into the heart of the matter. I don't know. That may be way too deep. What we're trying to say. Sorry, I'm just no, thinking okay. about connections. Okay, but. well, I'm 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 gonna switch seats with you, Julie. You keep <laughs> no, on. No, 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 no. I don't want to You keep on. I mean, because now I'm looking at the, what what both of you said: pride and hurt feelings. Right. So obviously, you know, when things happen to us and they hurt then that these this is something that we have to wrestle with. And we talked about this last time, yeah. about how when pressure is put on our flesh to, you know, or put, put up, when pressure is put on our emotions, you know, is uh, the natural response is to react with the same energy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I for an eye, two for two. That's the natural human response. But as we as we are instructed in the strict scripture, we are to not return evil for evil, but to return good. And that's the exact opposite of what our flesh wants to do. Now Can I what, ask a question? Um just did, mm -hmm. did we is just to, is what is that avoid dishonest speech in the is that part of what we're doing? Did, did you read that? Verse 24, I'll read it again. Oh, okay, we are, that's part of ours, because I did have something to add about, because um, if, what is the word perverse, because I don't think it means, um, you know, like transgenderism, <laughs> you know, um, because avoid, because when you get offended, because like somebody lied or something, mm -hmm. there's a trust issue, the trust is broken. Um, you know, if someone hurt you and it has to do with, oh, they talk trash about you behind your back, that would be, I don't know what that word perverse means, but words, now you can't trust them. Yeah. So that's the trust issue and the pain and the pride. I'm it's like a breach not trusting people. Yeah. Not trusting people. I'm not sure how that goes with pride because, you know, you, you've just caused a crack in the relationship when mm -hmm. you can't trust someone because they're mm -hmm. talking trash, lying about you or whatever. Mm -hmm. you know? No, I'm glad you said that. That makes a lot of sense. Because, because what, I, what I want us to do is just, just kind of chew, chew on this and actually see how do I flesh this out? How do I live this out? Because it's, you know, I, I can stand up here and just say, well, the scripture calls for us to, to, to do this, that, and the third. Yeah. Right? But getting to a place where I I can respond like that in in 
in the way scripture instructs me to, to do it in an organic way, to do it, to actually do it when stuff hits the fan for real in my life. Where do, how do we get to that place? Now, I, I, the, now the, the Cliff Notes clue is we already read it. What did we just read? The first few verses. Guard your heart part? Yeah. Or the listen carefully part. All of that. Play your thoughts with words into the future. And let moments, they will impart true life and radiant health. To the very core of your being, above all, guard the affections of your heart. They affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being. From there flows the wellsprings, as wellspring of life. Now, the reason I say that is because now you, now Mary, you just read it, right? When we talk about hurts and disappointments, the more we understand the, the height, the length, the depth, the breadth of God's love for us, the promises that he's made to us, then our, our ability to hear the Holy Spirit is going to be heightened the more we understand what the word already has promised us, what God has said about his love for us. Like the example that Sue gave, betrayal, backstabbing, people lying on you. Now, the, obviously stuff like that, it, that I mean, that, that'll mess with you. Especially if somebody, you know, somebody that's supposed to be family, so somebody that's, you know, supposed to be a good friend, and you find out that you're hearing all this negative stuff, all this slander coming out of their mouth about you. Yeah. Now, there's a, there's a wound that's there. But how do I respond? How, where does my mind go? The scripture says, he would never, he would never leave nor forsake me. This person has put their mouth on me in negative ways. But Jesus said he would never leave nor forsake me. Mm -hmm. Right? He said he is my shepherd, and therefore I shall not want. He said he shall supply all my needs according to his riches and his glory. He said, I shall abide in peace under the shadow of his wings. Because the thing about it is, when we talk about whatever type of hurt that we experience, there's God has a, a remedy for it. And when I say remedy for it, I mean there's there's a there's a healing available for that. And what did he say in Isaiah 54? The chastisement of my peace rests upon him. So when people betray me, 
when there's slander, when there's betrayal, that's an attack on my peace, on my mental well-being, my emotional well-being. Yeah. It's an attack. But the psalm the, the Solomon here, he's telling me to fill my thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep into your spirit. Then as you unwrap my words, they will impart true life and radiant health into the very core of your being. So oh, I got something. Go ahead. Life. We said last week, it's only two categories, life and death. What are they speaking over you? Death. Verse 23 in the Amplified, probably the other ones too. For whose words are life? So, boom. Choose life. Because, you know, I can get out there and have a lot of things to say and talk a lot, but sometimes I'm like, no thank you. Like, when I'm trying to analyze something, I go from way out here and then I'm, tr I'm trying to get it to way down here. And that's what we came up with last week. And then we did it at Bible study. Death or life. Boom, that's it. What category is it in? They're speaking death. God says, my words are life. So the faster I can get to peace, you know, the faster I can make that transition from hurt, pain, this is horrible, anger, to God and his word life, the, the better off we are. Um, so way at the end of Bible study, I was like, are you sure, Julia? Are you sure? Life or death? Nothing in between? Negativity? You said, yeah. So, don't know if I made that clear enough, but they're speaking death. Negativity is death. Mm -hmm. God's word is life. So, we got to quickly try to get to God's word. God's word is life. Right. And then, boom, we'll be okay. And on the flip side of that, too, the the well, God's word will show us ourselves too. Yeah. If we're the one that's the perpetrator, we're the one that's that's doing the hurting. Yeah. The word will show us. Yeah. And it and it'll get it'll reset our heart back to a place of of repentance to say, okay, yeah, I missed this. I missed that. I like that story that Andrew told a while back. It was in Juma where he talked about where he had, um, did something to Jamie really bad. He didn't think it was bad. Well, as bad as he thought. And then God corrected him and said, you, you need to go to, you need to go to her and, and you know, tell her you're sorry. And he, in, in the long run, what, I, what he ended up saying is, he goes, God corrected him this hard. He goes, don't you ever do that to my daughter. Not his wife. My daughter again. Because he was, he was able to take it, you know, that kind of correction and mm -hmm. to guard his heart against what he did so he could restore it. And he said, he went back to her, he said, immediately, until he was sorry that he didn't mean to hurt her. But God wasn't looking at it. That was Andrew's wife at the moment. He said, that's my daughter. You hurt my daughter. You need to go make this right. But he was willing. He could hear it. So, he, like I said, he's correcting him. Mm -hmm. And is that a place where you can, he knows how much, how how much you could just sometimes he grabs like somebody has to do gentle because I'm not sure if you're like you know that kind of thing you're kind of touchy but he knew Andrew's like 
God, if it's a minute thing, I'm, you know, I'm ready to hear it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was neat, though. And I thought, too, we can't, we can never, I mean, avoid offenses on this earth because Jesus even said it, right? It's, impos- it's, po- it's impossible that offenses will not come, you know? It's the way we have. But I go, you know, the thing is, I, you know, Mom and I talk a lot about this, is I think about the preventative measures, too. If you ask God before you go into a relationship, any kind, I mean, like, you know, friends or romantic or whatever, you know, business relationships, oh, yeah. you know, that God knows what that person's like and to go, God, why, you know, or God, what about this or whatever. I've even had God myself in a personal testimony. Um, recently I had asked God some whys about some things and God like directly told me why. And I mean, it was amazing to see like where something can look so like it would be good or perfect or whatever. Mm -hmm. And God, I mean, literally, like, I knew it wasn't me. Like, there was nothing I would have thought of. And it was just like, well, why this guy? Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, not blah, blah, and God. And I'm like, oh, you know, and, and even, you know what I mean? Like, even if it doesn't make sense or it does, you know, it just, it, it made sense. And I go, wow. And to think of the prevention of hurting or hurting somebody else. And it's just like, you know, God sees ahead. And I go, just to even prevent that like i i've looked back in my life over things i've blamed god for you know we've all blamed him right what mm-hmm. well, i look back over my youth group years and I, this is just a really real example i go i befriended somebody in youth group really heavy a female friend and i still consider her she was at one time she was my best friend in youth group like a best friend in high school i didn't go to high school from school best friend in youth group but i go i look back and i go she really a lot of times did not treat me very well. And I look back and I go, God, I go, how could this have been avoided? Because God always has a better way. You know what I'm saying? And I look back and I go, if I had prayed, and I know I could. And then like, God, I really need a friend. I really need somebody to come alongside me. Mm-hmm. And I don't, you know, I don't want to do that. And I go, I really, really believe God would have been like, you know, she's okay to like hang out with sometime, but nah, you don't need this. Because she's got weaknesses in her life that it's not going to do very well. I don't think she was a bad person. I just think mm-hmm. she had a lot of hurt. And I always say, if I've said this before, I had a friend where I was the trophy fat, awkward friend. I was that trophy, awkward fat friend for her, you know? <laughs> you know, it was like, you know, oh yeah, you know, make her look better. I, I, again, she wasn't vicious, but mm-hmm. it was the point is God knew me and her components did not mix very well. And I think God would have drew another person in my life. You know, even my best friend in my life now that I talk about. Who knows, you know, but it's just, they end up preventing, you know, like mm-hmm. it's no. and, and again, for for me to able be able to come to that conclusion, I have to understand that God is it, he can, is concerned about he that cares. type of stuff. Yes, yes, he cares. Cast all your cares for he cares. But if you. I'm not, but if I don't know that the word tells me that, if yeah. I can't see his character in the word, if I don't spend time with that, then I can get talked out of that. Yeah. And then exactly. and then and then I get back into trusting myself. Yeah. Now, since you mentioned that scripture, I've already had it. We were going to go here anyway. Let's go to Luke 17. Luke 17. We're going to start at verse 1. Now, I I want to look at this in... Verses one through four. I'm gonna read this in the in the, the Passion and the Amplified Classic. Okay. All right, and it goes like this. 
One day Jesus taught his disciples, betrayals are inevitable, but great devastation will come to the one guilty of betraying others. It would be better for him to have a heavy boulder tied around his neck and be hurled into the deepest sea and to face the punishment of betraying one of my dear ones. So be alert to your brother's condition. And if you see him going the wrong direction, cry out and correct him. If there is true repentance on his part, forgive him. No matter how many times in one day your brother sins against you and says, I'm sorry, I'm changing, forgive me. You need to forgive him each and every time. Now, look at what the, what the apostle said in verse 5. Upon hearing this, the apostle said to Jesus, Lord, you must increase our measure of faith. Now, how did Jesus respond? Verse 6, he says, Jesus responded, if you even if you have even the smallest measure of faith, it will be powerful enough to say to this large tree, my faith will pull you up by the roots and throw you into the sea. And it will respond to your faith and obey you. Now, when we look at verse six, a lot of times, you know, in, in past preaching, I know that I've heard. Usually this is directed towards some some type of, you know, specific situation, circumstance. A lot of times, you know, dealing with, um, you know, with finances or other things like this. But. When we talk about forgiving and overcoming offenses, this is a master key right here. Jesus said, if you have the smallest measure of faith, it will be powerful enough to say to this large tree. Now, that large tree being the betrayal. My faith will pull you up by the roots, throw you into the sea, and it will respond to your faith and obey you. So our ability to overcome offenses, I see the connection between our ex the exercise of our faith and the ability to overcome offenses. Because you see how they responded in verse 5? That would have been the same way. Like, Lord, increase our faith. <laughs> now, let, let's read this in the Amplified Classic. All right. Starting at verse one again, it says, And Jesus said to his disciples, Temptations, snares, traps set to entice to sin are sure to come. But woe to him by or through whom they come. It would be more profitable for him if a millstone were to were hung around his neck and he was hurled into the sea. than that he should cause to sin or to be a snare to one of these little ones, lowly and rank or influence. Pay attention and always be on your guard, looking out for one another. If your brother sins, misses the mark, solemnly tell him so and reprove him. And if he repents, feel sorry for having sinned, forgive him. And even if he sins against you seven times in a day, 
and turns to you seven times and says, I repent. I'm sorry. You must forgive him. Give up resentment and consider the offense as recalled and annulled. The apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith, that trust and confidence that spring from our belief in God. And the Lord answered, if you have if you have had faith, trust and confidence in God, even so small like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this millberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea and it would obey you. Something interesting that happened to me, you know, trying to, interesting, bad. <laughs> Someone, not really my friend, but I thought he was, um, I had said something, I guess, harshly to try to get this other friend's attention about their horrible driving and scary. And that was the only reason, and I ever just don't do that to people. So, oh, can you put that scripture back up? The one about, um, because I wanted to show where what happened. So, um, it says, because it was another scripture I was using, but this one works as well. It says, um, if your brother sins against you, it's their responsibility to come to you. But this guy was saying, you attacked him and you did this. And I said, well, this is what I did. And because his driving was going to hurt somebody. And I was very specific about why I was harsh because I needed to get his attention to try to keep him from causing an accident. So my so-called friend, you attacked him. You Like he just kept saying, you attacked him, you attacked him. And it made me think like, why are you trying to get, you need, did you, did you apologize to him? Did, I'm like, no, because I wasn't planning on it. So he was telling, he was trying to get to fix the problem rather than the guy who I offended come to me. So what do you have to say about that? Like, I was very specific about what I did and what I'm like, no, I didn't go to him. And the, my so-called friend kept told me three times, did you apologize to him another time? And I'm like, no. So how, how do you, how would I have gotten through to him? That's not your job. I wasn't, I didn't attack you. So, um, anyway, um, See how that, it's like, how do you, so if I was to give him that scripture and he would still keep saying, did you apologize to him? And then I'm like, no, I'm not going to because the scripture's not, see what I mean? Maybe not. Okay. Yeah. Like it's not your job to get, make me apologize to this person. And especially since I, I told you why I'm not going to. Okay. Now, that's a proper example. So I put that out for the, for the rest of us. Now I mean, me, I don't have a problem with if some, I don't have a problem with another person coming to me about another person that I offended. You know, I wouldn't be like, well, they got to come to me if that person is coming and say, okay, you know what, you know, you did that to them. You know, you should apologize. Them. If I realize, okay, maybe I realize I did it, 
And I would be like, okay, well, maybe I did. I would go. I don't think the person, me person, that person that I did it to wouldn't have to come to me. If somebody else came and let me know, that still would be okay with me. Yeah, and if, and I normally I would have done that, but when you've done it three different times, now I'm like, get out of this. You know, like I told you why. You're the one that says you know how bad he drives yourself. And guess what? I said, I'm not riding with him anymore. Guess what? Later on, my so-called friend is riding with him. They almost got in an accident. He's like, maybe you're right. I'm like, you think? But when somebody does it three times, it's like, now you're trying to control me. Let it go, you know? So I'm with you. But when he kept trying to control me, that's when I just just mad about it. So normally I would have apologized. But he was just doing his normal trying to control me. And that just made me mad. So I am agreeing with you, but also there's my explanation. Yeah, I wouldn't okay. have a problem. All right. Because now, again, we talking about a very practical situation, right? The scripture says to speak the truth in love. But as you know, some of us may have experienced this. People will say that. And when they address you about something, you don't, there's no experience of love there. Right. Uh, nope. <clears throat> and this person has been, they try to control me all the time. So, you know, enough is enough. Now, even with that, let's, let me, let me put myself in that situation. Okay. This, if I have an individual, I know that they, they are, they're in my circle, right? They, they are supposed to be a friend. And I feel like they're controlling and they continue to make statements, do things to exert control. Based on everything that we've talked about, what's the best way to respond to this person? <laughs> oh, sorry. Well, I mean, my thing, I, I don't. My question would be like, am I, am I focused on the control or am I focused on how they recognize? That's, yeah, like what focus, yeah. What are you focused on? Because, you know, they are controlling. So am I dismissing what they're saying, the truth in love, because I'm so used to them controlling? So am I dismissive of that? Mm. So what am I focusing on here? Okay, that's a good point. Because the thing about it is, when we used to when we used to experiencing a person a certain way, it's going to shape how I perceive what right. what what's coming from them. Yeah. Now they may be coming with a different energy, right? Like with a different intent. But if I'm used to them being a certain way, it's going to be harder for me to digest that. Yeah. Yeah. Now. With that being said, how do I maintain that type of mindset to, to give people a, to not project a prejudice on somebody based on past experience? Well, it's, I was wondering this scripture right here, I'm trying to wrap my brain around this lesson in this scripture here. Is it saying that, is the answer to that just like anything else in our Christian walk, 
And is this scripture we just read saying that, that just like somebody would come to me and say, uh, Kevin, I'm, I'm, I'm sick. Would you pray for me? So is this scripture saying that? Okay. Receive, you know, self prayer or receive, um, to get me past this, let me use God's supernatural intervening power for it. Just like somebody sick. Well, I know I can't heal the sick, but God can heal the sick. And he says, you know, we can lay hands on the sick and, mm-hmm. you know, pray for the sick, you know, and that kind of thing. So am I seeking to get over this offense or to get to learn how to deal with this person? Is it the same thing? Like, okay, God, you know, heal my heart and help me to and give me the words uh, and the feeling that I should feel in order to get past this. I mean, is that what his scripture is saying? That's what I see. That's what I'm saying. Because I'm looking at the context of everything here, right? And you know, when we talk about, you know, people, when we talk about being hurt, being offended, that that emotion can be very strong. And and it can motivate us to do, to think certain ways and to act certain ways. And I see the, the, the apostles here saying, Lord, you must increase our measure of faith. Because they automatically are admitting, okay, I, me, I don't have the faith to do that. I don't. But then Jesus says, and then King James, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say unto this sycamore tree, be plucked up by the root. And be that planet in the sea, and it shall obey you. So, really, if I look at this, it, it really is a great encouragement. Because regardless of of how deep the offense is, God is 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 saying he's he's given us the 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 blueprint here. It's like, look, he will give, he will empower you yeah. to not. Hold that offense. Yeah. He will empower you. Because in some offenses, some things, you you it's gonna take supernatural power regardless. And you know, anybody who's been through trauma, traumatic portrayals, they can they can attest to this. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about when you're saying we're saying about offense or like you know, seeing it clear, someone is trying to the truth and love, like you said, say something to you. <laughs> I was thinking about my incident. I've mentioned a million times here, but where my was father figure type of guy, and you know, wrote me out of the blue on Facebook and you know, messenger, and I, I even then, like, I mean, I was starting to get to where I was trusting God here, there, a little bit, and when I, I never, you know, read it, but I had mom read it, and I'm sitting there crying, and I knew he had just like. 
mean, he had changed face me. He had never done anything like that. And I knew whatever he had to say, good or bad, it was not done in a good way. So therefore it was not good. But I'm sitting there and I'm like crying. And I'm like, maybe it was God that gave me the thought of, did he ask me how I was? You know, it came out of nowhere. And I was just sitting there and my mom go, you know, I'm sitting there, I go, did he ask me how I was? And she goes, no, maybe he didn't. And I go, that's an example of, you know, I think like, it wasn't done in love, you know? So, and then it caused an offense. And then, of course, God, he talked to me and it had to be God, you know, because that was a complete, like, stab, you know, like, so quick. Like, I would have never expected that from this this man, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he had, he had paid my land tax. He paid my car insurance when I couldn't afford it at one time and, you know, everything. And, and I mean, we had went a while without talking a lot, not in a bad way, but that weirded me out, too, that we didn't even have, like, a closey closey relationship anymore and he kind of took it upon himself to fix whatever sinful actions i was doing you know <laughs> it was like okay hi we haven't talked for a while thanks you know but yeah you know just mm-hmm. thinking about that you know that it does take god to help you to see things clearly. all right because <laughs> mm-hmm. the thing about it is you know we can somebody can can say something that is technically appropriate but in the wrong season, timing is off. Yeah. But even with that, we we still have to be in a position where okay, I I can I can process that and not carry it with me as a as a as a offense because that thing because that thing can just be like a pebble in your shoe. And you're walking, you continue to go about your day to day. But as you progress, you continue to, to move forward. That pebble is is just gnaw, it's, it's gnawing against your your foot, and it's putting an, an indention in that area. Yeah. And the more you walk on it, the more it's yeah. going to cause irritation. Yeah. They can destroy you eventually. And then eventually yeah, it can be a breach and continue on unless it's taken out, removed. Right. Okay. All right. I know when we were when I when we were talking about when we were, when we were in Proverbs four. Right. And just talking about how important it is for the word to be consistently on our minds. Right. Yeah. Um, when just reiterate that point, because in, in times like that, when there's there's things that happen. You want to you want to have your mind and, you know, you want the the seed of God's word to be readily accessible. So you can hear. The Holy Spirit when he's directing you. Doing he's directing your thoughts, because if the if the word isn't there. What's liable to happen, you turn on a TV show. You talk to a friend at work, a coworker. And they're going to justify the reason for you keeping the offense. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> because, again, 
naturally speaking, if I go back to if I go back to Luke seven eight, right? Yo, if your brother sins against you, your natural response is do what? Do it back to return the same energy. Well, passive aggressive is always fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's a real that, that that is a real thing. That's, that's a real thing. Oh yeah, I suffered from that. Not doing it. Um, suffered from that for decades. Mm -hmm. yeah, so you can retaliate when you can be passive aggressive. Oh yeah. Or another way of saying that is like being nice, nasty to people. Yeah. Being nice, nasty to a person. <laughs> Right. Being nice, but it's nasty. Edge. <laughs> right. But to speak to what you're saying, you know, the words gotta be there. I mean, I've said this before, and you, it's always gonna be voices in your ear, but God has to be the, the best voice in your ear. Mm. Yeah. That's good. Because we always hear it, you know, always voice. We know the enemy and people, like you said, listen to different people. But you need to ask yourself, is God the best voice in your ear? Is he, does he override every other one? And you got to get to that place where it says, okay, you know, I hear a lot of stuff. Okay, well, God, what do you say? And you have to respond to that. And we won't always do that. Because we ain't trying to hear what he has to say. Because mm -hmm. it's, not, it's not agreeing with the flesh. Right. But. Well, I'm still continuing to try to make sure that I'm programming my uh, mind, life or death, once again. What is it? Verse 22, for they, God's words, are life. Boom, to me, so that way I'm like, death, life? Okay, mm, that way I can pivot quickly. It's either death or life. And that way I'm trying to, oh, is it death or life? You know, rather than marinating it or like, I think I did a good job um, this week calling your, you know, calling your friend. Like, oh, guess what they did to me? Like, that's kind of choosing death. Like, choose God and work with him rather than calling people and telling them what so-and-so did. I don't mean get counseling from actually people who do love you and help that will help you work it through, not help you make it worse. Oh, yeah, that person's a dog, you know. So I'm I'm just always I'm trying to program myself death or life death or life death or life so that I can quickly make those choices and go okay let's go to the life 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 does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Now think about like the picture, right? Now remember last week we talked about words being containers. Oh yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Every time there, there there's words coming out that they, they contain something. So you got containers of death and containers of life. And remember what Joshua says, right? What, what God told Joshua. And to meditate on my word, that day and night, that thou may prosper and have good success. So you think about all the voices that are available for us to hear. So the thinking about the prayer meditation, like putting on a pair of earbuds with noise cancellation. So in, in that moment of meditation and prayer, 
That's an opportunity to put my noise counseling earbuds in where my focus is on life. But some of like just to be practical with the example, what can happen is, right, we can live life in transparency mode. Now, what is transparency mode? Julie probably know what I'm talking about. Like with AirPods, with some of them, what you can do is you have the, the earpiece in and you're hearing the content of the iPhone, but it's set up so you can hear all the outside noise yeah, too when it comes in. I have a friend of mine, they have those and they can actually hear. Yep. Right. You can program it that way. Yep. So that's what that's what can happen when my my ears are open to anything. I hear a little bit of the word, then I get a little bit of the word, the world, a little bit of some carnal friends. I'm getting all these voices, all of this stuff is coming in. And how can I decipher the direction to go in when I'm allowing all these, vo all the, all these voices to come in? So if I want my heart to be guarded, I can't live life in transparency mode. And just like Solomon tells us, says, fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep into your spirit. Then as you unwrap my words, they will impart true life and radiant health into the very core of your being. Sound of the word penetrate. Because it has to... Break through something. Yeah. It has to break through something. Well, you know, and the scripture that comes to mind where it says, cast down every imagination. Mm -hmm. And every hot thing that exalts itself yeah, against the knowledge of God. Because it has to penetrate through that mindset that's against God. So it has to. So. We have an old fashioned well. All the water that comes. And it's, you know, pretty deep. And it's, it will never run out of water. Sometimes we have to go deeper. But any water above, in me water, mm -hmm. it has to penetrate. As it does, it goes down into the ground. Eventually, eventually, sometimes it's going to make its way back into the reservoir. By the time it, gets, it penetrates deep into the ground, it becomes pure, drinking mm -hmm. water. And it could be all kinds of stuff that it needed. But by the time it filters down through all... It penetrates. I mean, you think of it, it has to go through layers and layers, but eventually it becomes pure. It's you kind of like the word uh, penetrate deep, and it says deep, deep. into your spirit. It it's deep. It's kind of a, a good way to think of it. I've thought about it a long time. It filters out all the impurities. Like it's, those things, you, know, you turn that off and you go, focus mm -hmm. more on the word and. What do you have to say? That's true. It can bring you down, like being around certain people. I used to work for six, seven years. I worked with primarily women. The women are God's creation. I am a woman, but it can get very catty and very gossipy and nasty and critical. And you're around these conversations all the time, and they start to become so normal to you that one woman can walk in a room and she can walk out, 
and people start gossiping about her and talking nasty. And you know that when you leave the room, you are the next victim. You know, I mean, it's horrible, you know. But you start, you know, getting into God's heart and realizing who he is. You know, it, it makes you think of people differently and the way Jesus looks at people and the people Jesus hang, hung around when he was physically on this earth. And then you just go, that's what's all in here, you know, about his heart and his love. And he sees the heart of the matter. You know, and I don't know, just staying around that mindset, you know, will help a lot. Okay. Okay. All right. I don't want to do an exercise with y'all. All right. So, <laughs> right. So, man has four basic emotional needs, right? Four basic emotional needs. Acceptance. Identity, security, and purpose. Okay. Acceptance, identity, security, and purpose. Now, let's take acceptance. Let's look at that first. All right. Now, what does God say about you being accepted by him? Except in the below. Okay. All right, there you go. That's one. Ephesians, that's right. Because what I mean, I have like the perfect, like exact scripture for it, but because of what Jesus did, we're, you know, we're always, like you just said, accepted the beloved. Mm. We're, we're holy, you know, we're without blemish, so we're always accepted in the throne room. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Back up there. <laughs> right. Now, see, it's the reason I'm doing this. Because when something happens in a relationship or in, you know, some type of situation to attack that need to make you feel rejected, to sow the seed of rejection. If you're, if my my understanding of God's acceptance of me is not strong, then my my, my heart is vulnerable in that area. Well, the other thing is, you know, um, his acceptance is not based on my performance. Because if I'm performance based, yeah, yeah, then. If I don't feel like I'm doing enough, then I'm going to feel like he's rejecting me more. Then I'm going to start to say, well, you know what? He didn't bless me because I didn't do this. I didn't do that. So it's his acceptance is not based on the form. It's based on Jesus' performance. Okay. 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 All right. All right. How about identity? What does God say about our identity? Well, we could just start quoting scriptures everywhere. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's <laughs> do it. Got to start it, though. Yeah. Seven Corinthians five and seventeen. Any man be in Christ? He's a new creature. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Old things passed away. All things become brand new. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Is there a lot of scriptures that always say we're in him? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're in him. There you go. I like that. Yeah. I know there's a, there was a course in a curse that we, we took called In Him Realities. Okay. And and basically it went through all of those scriptures that talked about us in him. And see, this is and how powerful that it is to understand that I no longer identify as an individual now, as a believer. I identify in him. I am accepted in the beloved. I am in him. He that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit with him. So in spite of what my past is, and in spite of what somebody else may say or think about who you are, your identification comes from your association with him. It's not about what I do or what I have done. It's about what, what he has done and who he is. So I get to ride his identity because that's who I am because I'm in him. As he is, so are we in this world. <laughs> Galatians 2.20. Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ. That is, in him I have shared his crucifixion. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith, by adhering to, relying on, and completely trusting in the Son of God who loved me. And gave himself for me. Awesome. Was I about Romans eight fifteen? And it may not come right out and say we are children of God, but it might as well. For you've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, "Abba, Father." So, mm -hmm. children of God, child of God, or whichever. Mm -hmm. That's a good one, Julie. You're a son of God, a child, a daughter of God. And God. <laughs> okay. Yep. How did Jesus give himself for us? It's my favorite thing. Celebrate the blood of Jesus. He gave us blood. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yes. That's right. Okay. How about the next one, security? See until the day of redemption. Mm. There you go. Okay. That's, that's, Ephesians. that's Ephesians again. Okay. Security. Now, I know somebody got to think of this one I'm thinking about right now, especially after what we went through four years ago. What did David say about security? Oh, okay. Um, what is it? Um, I don't think I can't quote it now. Um, what is Psalms 91? Psalms 91? Is it under his, Psalms 91, under yeah. his wings? Yeah. Nothing shall come nigh. 
Now, see, we got to do that for homework. That's going to be homework. Everybody is assigned Psalm 91. Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to assign that to myself, too. I can see that. Psalm 91. Right. We, no, we're going to go there. We're going to go there. Just charge over you, keep you in all your ways. Mm -hmm. Your hands are right. going to lift you up, lest you strike your foot against Right. All right, so let's go there. Psalm 91. Okay. All right. Let me, re let me read this in the Passion, too. All right. So since we... Not familiar with that one as much. Psalm 91 in the Passion Translation. And it reads like this. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God most high. He's the hope that holds me, the stronghold to shelter me. The only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. And he will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. And you can run under the covering of majesty and hide. His arms are faithfulness are a shield keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by night or by day, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in the time of disaster, with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they've done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God most high, our secret hiding place will always be shielded from harm. How then can evil prevail against us or disease affect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed amongst the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. But here's what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you love me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray. And you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you. For you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. Now think about all this impact in that, that chapter. And really, we could, we could focus the whole study on this. Because again, we're talking about guarding the heart, right? And, and God, has, he's told us what he has done, what is, all, what is available to us. But what 
our flesh and the enemy wants to do and what the world wants to do is for us is to cast doubt on the ability of this to come to pass in your life, in my life. And this is this is why when we talk about what Solomon says in Proverbs 4, how important it is. This has to be in front of my face. Because I can, I can, I can, I can turn this off and, and turn on CNN right now and turn on something that will get me in fear. Because there's all kinds of chaos going on in the world. I don't have to, I don't have to go, I can go to the daily press. All this, all the stuff that's going on out in these streets is wild out here. But am I going to focus my attention on the, the, the things that are happening around me? Or am I going to look at what God's word says and say, okay, I, I understand there's, there's other things going on out here, but I, I am putting my trust in what God is saying right here. Because this is my safe place. See, Barry, I was listening to Barry Bennett the other day. He said, and this is strong too. No reference to healing, but he said, well, the question was asked, you know, if, you know, God heals all the time, every time, then, you know, how you, oh, well, they was asked the question, how do you die then? Because, you know, we've been trained that you, you now you got to die, some type of sickness. Now, he said, if sickness is an enemy, so it's an enemy against. He said, so if you die of some type of disease, he said, you died a premature death. And I was like, well. We never hear it put that way. No, you, but see, if you yeah. say that, I know for a fact, if I say that to some somebody, or you say it in a church setting, they will call you a false prophet or something. <laughs> Yes, they were running so somebody this. And he said, and I was like, this is pretty strong because mm-hmm. you don't hear that. Mm-hmm. That's to tell somebody that they died of people if that disease, that's the first time I've heard that. And I was like, oh no, the law of And I received it. Yeah. I was like, okay, if you speak What's this that? to somebody, they're going to look at you like, yeah. well, you don't lost your mind. All right. Because, but is it because it's count is contrary to our experience? But that that deals with that. Mm-hmm. That particular um, song. But for for us to be able to 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 abide in that revelation, right? We got to live in this. Yeah, this has to be front page news. Psalm Psalm ninety one has to be front page news because life is going to speak the opposite. Right. The exact opposite. Whether whether I'm whether I'm in a church setting, when I'm whether I'm in, at a family function, whether I'm at a cookout watching a game, whether I'm at the barbershop, all that is 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 counter to what is being said right here. But if you test it out in scripture, think about it. Let's look at Paul. Okay. Now, when, what did he say before he died? He said, I don't know whether 
which one he said, I don't know which one I want to do. I want to go be with the Lord or stay with y'all. He says, he was saying, I got a choice. When I read that, I was like, okay, Paul is simple. He said, he had the choice. He didn't say God had. He said, I don't know what I want. He said, I don't know which one is better. Mm -hmm. Go and be with Jesus or stand with you. He, he was torn. And in Timothy, when he says, I run my race. Right. I run my race. I finished my course. Finished the course. Kept the faith. I've kept the faith. Well, didn't he get stoned? Who got stoned? Stephen. Stephen got stoned. Well, that's one way to die. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty I, mean, I, guess he got, I guess he got stoned, but he didn't die. Oh, yeah, he got stoned, but he didn't die. Yeah, he died. And, no, I'm not, I'm not talking about Stephen. I'm talking about Paul. Oh, oh yeah, 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 that's true. And that's, he got bit by that snake. Right. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about. He did not. He, so he could have died if he and then, that, you know. and then you, you look at the Apostle John. Right now, you know the story. The story goes. Now, this is not in scripture, but other documents say that they they tried they tried to boil him in oil, and then what? And he still he did not die. Right. So the emperor said, "Look, send him out to Patmos. I don't even want food with this this dude." <laughs> Things that you really have to. Just immerse yourself in, mm -hmm. just really, just bathe, baptize yourself in God's word, in these things that we're talking about, because there's no getting around. I mean, you can't like, even though probably we all seen it at some point in time, you can't fake it, you know, you know, you can't like pretend like you're at a point in your walk with Christ and really not be there because it's going to show it's going to manifest in some kind of a way whether it be hurt feelings um, the example you brought up Eric disease, sickness or whatever you know it's like you got to really be completely honest with yourself and where you are in your walk. But then just pick up where you are and just keep going, though, you know, and, and that's that fighting and good fight of faith. You got to keep going and just being honest with yourself, but then just kind of keep going. What's that scripture? I can't think of what it is as a man thinks in his heart. So is he where your heart, where you really, really are? And God knows your heart. And, you, and, you, and I believe we know our heart too and but we don't know other people's heart but right. we know our own heart and we can really really be honest with ourselves where we are in this wall and then just pick up and just go from there because you know it's like i guess as a believer i mean we, we don't want to fake it because mm -hmm. it's gonna it's gonna show you know it's gonna show somewhere and we, it seems like we got to kind of be okay with that part too, you know, because it comes down to like, you know, I know we haven't hit the fourth one yet, but all these points is really our focus seems to always just have to be on God and, and what he thinks, what he thinks about us, mm -hmm. 
and how we feel about him and how he feel and how we care about what he thinks about us. And just kind of like not really caring about anything else and anybody else and how they really see or view us. I'm just kind of talking it out, you know, mm-hmm. as we go. But, but that's what I'm know, saying. But this is what a real deep lesson. This is this is the reason why we're doing this. Right? Because I mean, we, you know, we need each other. And this did what we're reading. If it's not a reality to us, then that's just like having, uh, again, the picture of God in our hearts, right? It's like having old rotted wood around your yard. Any type of resistance, even a little poodle can come up against that, against that fence and, and push it over. Right. Yeah. So us being just... just wrestling with this stuff and being able to look at the scripture and say, Lord, I need your help to embed this in me. So this is my reality and not all this other stuff that I've experienced and what I see. And this is why, you know, you because that's why you this is why you hear that emphasis on the word and spending time with the Lord and being in his presence, all this stuff. Because it's going to show. When the attacks come. And this is why we need to pray. We continue to pray for each other. Like the old song say. I pray for you. You pray for me. We all a part. Of God's body. And that's how we can watch each other's back. Something happened to me. You may not even know about it. If you get a prompting to pray in the Holy Spirit. You may be. A vessel to help me in that moment, and vice versa. Or you know, if I intentionally just a part of my routine, pray for you. That's supernatural assistance. Speaking a word over you. Again, those those are containers of life that are being sent your way. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I said the wrong thing or or something incorrect but can we can we know our heart or can we can we know our hearts and what we really think or can we deceive our own selves both both the scriptures say both god can show you if you ask him he thinks you need to know and he will all right hold on hold on there's a scripture that i'm 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 slipping It's in Proverbs too. It's in, not not Proverbs too, but it's in Proverbs as well. The one I'm thinking about. Oh yeah. And the word heart, it, it appears 176 times in Proverbs, in different translations, 176 times. I'm sure of that, absolutely. I love that. And I love when they translate sometime into heart, some of the words, and like it makes even deeper sense when you make them that way, just to know. 
Yeah. Oh my goodness. Heart. Literally heart. Yes. Oh my goodness. Why is it not? Oh man. Need some help finding it. Keywords. <laughs> um. So the heart and its own deceit or. Uh, oh, deceitful. Proverbs fourteen ten. Proverbs fourteen ten. And I'm gonna let's look at this in different translations. And King James says, the heart knoweth his own bitterness, and a stranger doeth not meddle with his joy. The heart knows his own bitterness. Now let me look at and in the <coughs> let me look at the New Living Translation, what that says. Each heart knows its own bitterness, and no one else can fully share his joy. Now we talk about, and remember what Jeremiah said. All right, let's go there too. Yeah, go yeah above all things. But again, when we look at that, what are we talking about? Are we talking about the regenerate man or the natural man? The natural man. Right. So Jeremiah 17 and 9 says the heart is deceitful, deceitful above all things, and it is exceedingly perverse and corrupt and severely morally sick. Who can know it? Perceive, understand, be acquainted with his own heart and mind. So the answer to the Kevin's question is, well, the unregenerate man, can he really know? Based on what I'm hearing here is no. But but you as the believer, now that heart of stone has been exchanged for a heart of flesh. And through the word, as Proverbs says, sharper than a two-edged sword, the word can show you, separate the soul and the spirit. So there's some things going on in my soul, some thinking that needs to be renewed. The word will show me that. Yeah, that scripture where it says, you know, who can know the mind of God? Can that, that word be translated as heart also? Or is that something different? <clears throat> Let's go there too. That's first. First Corinthians. First Corinthians chapter two. First Corinthians two. Alright. I'm gonna start at verse nine. This is this is a, a, a preaching scripture here. Verse nine. We we all we all heard sermons like this. First Corinthians two nine says, This is what the scriptures mean when they say, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. 
verse 10. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. Verse 11. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. Verse 12. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. And, and again, verse 12. This speaks to how you have to have a revelation of God's grace to be under, to understand how good God is. That's a gift of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Now I'm going to read that in verse 11 in the Amplified. It says, for what person perceives, knows, and understands what passes through a man's thoughts except the man's own spirit within him. Just so no one discerns, comes to know and comprehend the thoughts of God, except the spirit of God. Now, before we even read verse 12 again, Scripture says, he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit with him. So again, that's a part of my identity. I'm in him. So the thoughts of God, they are there. They are there. Due to my association with God, my, my salvation, because of what Christ has done for me, imparting his Holy Spirit on the inside of me. Right? Yes. Verse 12 again in the Amplified. Now we have not received the spirit that belongs to the world. But the Holy Spirit, who is from God, given to us that we might realize and comprehend and appreciate the gifts of divine favor and blessing so freely and lavishly bestowed on us by God. So we 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 don't we we don't understand how much is in this. But again, the Holy Spirit is he's he he the more time we are we we put this in front of our face, the greater the opportunity there is for us to have deeper understanding and revelation, to have the mind transformed. Just like just like scripture said, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, because understanding spirit, soul, and body. Once we were born again, spirit man was made perfect. Sealed. We are sealed with him by the Holy Spirit. Now, what we're dealing with now is the soul. And, and when we talk about guarding the heart, 
looking we're looking at that that Venn diagram again. The spirit being here, soul being here. That intersection between soul and spirit. Us renewing that mind is a means of putting up those fences to keep our hearts from being polluted by the things of this world, by the hurts, the offenses, the, the lies of this world. So it's doing a twofold work. It's keeping out the dangers while uprooting the negative stuff that's already on the inside of our souls, right? Yeah. All right. All right. Now, I ain't know it's going to be this heavy today. <laughs> okay. This is a deep class, boy, I tell you. Okay. But, but yeah. see, that's what I'm saying. But, you know, it, you know, I, we, we, we need to benefit from the time we have, right? Of right? course. I mean, this, this is because the, the life is not playing with us. Life is going to continue to life. This is needed. This is very needed. For real. So, you know, us, me reading this and understand, I'm like, man, I ain't even scratched the surface, man, about how good God is. Because life will grab your attention and have you just focused on all this external stuff. Distractions. Always. And, yeah. And what did, what did Proverbs say about distractions? Right. They they used to get us off track, but he that's why he said in, in chapter four, stay on path. So I need to allow the Holy Spirit to be my GPS. And that's all that's all that's our challenge every day. Yeah, that sums it up. All right, social media family. Maybe we won't be so deep next time. <laughs> we do love you know. We appreciate you. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.